Now, for the young in heart and weak in the head, it's Round the Hall. The story so far, old, greasy, mad Rasputin Betty Marsden. <laughs> he of the dirty, matted hair and monk's habit, which, which we needn't elaborate on. <laughs> Genuflected in front of the Tsar, son of Ivan the Terrible, Pertwee, the even more terrible. <laughs> Father of all the rushes, but he pleaded the headaches. <laughs> By his side sat his two daughters, haughty, wayward, tomboy Kenneth Williams. <laughs> Shy, demure Anastasia Paddock. She of the arch smile and fluted transept. The Tsar inclined his head towards Rasputin as the mad monk whispered his demand for money. But Pertwee the Terrible shook his head as if to say, you can't get a silk purse out of a Tsar's ear. <laughs> Rasputin's face convulsed with insane rage, and pointing a trembling finger at the Tsar, he screamed out the vile words... My name's Kenneth Horn. <laughs> and that was Douglas Smith, of whom the police say, foul play cannot be ruled out. <laughs> now... For the answers to last week's quiz, complete these song titles. Well, the first one was, I'm going to sit right down and... <laughs> well, the answer was, write myself a letter. There were several other suggestions that were not only unseemly, but physically impossible. <laughs> And if you don't believe me, athletic of Chatham, well... Uh... <laughs> you sit right down and try it. <laughs> the last title you had to complete was I Dream Of. Well, Mr. J.G. of Rotherhithe, I've looked up what you apparently dream of in Freud, and it seems that you have a morbid fear of being brutally assaulted by a giant rabbit covered in jam. <laughs> Now, uh, don't worry, Mr. J.G., it's a very common dream indeed. Edwin Braden has it often. Oh, him, great airy fool. Yeah. <laughs> but the real answer to the song title is I Dream of Genie with the Light Brown Hair, which I should have thought was a great improvement of I Dream of Being Brutally Assaulted by a Giant Rabbit Covered in Jam. <laughs> None of which brings us to the next part of this farrago, where we once again extend a welcome to ex-kin dictator Fidel Gruntfuttuk of Peasemoldia. Ah! I am no longer dictator Grant Fattock. Oh. No, but to wit and viz, plain brother Grant Fattock. You see, I've had the voices again. Just after the pubs closed last night, I was, I was cooling my fevered brow against the window of the butcher's shop when I had a vision. <laughs> it took the form of a pig's head in the window. An unearthly piping issued from its lips... And it said, go forth, Grant Fattock, my child. Throw off your trappings and gird up your loins. At least I think that's what it said. <laughs> it was very hard to distinguish. It had an apple in its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> must have been not bad for a pig's head. No, no, no that's right. So I threw off my rich apparel, viz, my army surplus vest and the bowler they give me up the prisoner's welfare. And now I'm dressed simply as you see me in the attire of my chosen calling, e.g. gaffer of the Grant Fattock Order. 
Yes, now, what are your aims? They are simple to comprehend, my child. My child. <laughs> my child. <laughs> what, I, what I mean is any twit can catch on. <laughs> yes. You see, our aims are to reach a better and fuller life through brotherly love. And here with me is the serene high priestess of our order, Sister Buttercup. Oi, slobber chops, come up here, come up. Come give Mr Horn the traditional mystical salutation of our calling. Hello, cheeky face! <laughs> oh, that's very mystical, that is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she's got the manners all right, the manners of mystical pig. Pray, would you now, mind? Shut your row up. <laughs> How can you go about preaching brotherly love up the pub with her lurching about, breathing milk stout all over the customers <laughs> and ogling all all the illegible males of the opposite sex. Who? Who have I ogled? Name one. Mr. Tramwicket from the horsemeat shop. I've seen you. I've seen you ogling him. If I didn't ogle him, you wouldn't have no Sunday joints. All right, all right, all right. I'll give you a special dispensation regarding him. Oh, you have done? Yes. Many times. <laughs> many, many Oh, forgive us, Mr. Orr. We're just having one of those eternal air-splitting wrangles that tend to split our followers into two camps. Well, naturally, you wouldn't want your followers split up. No, no. especially no. seeing as how I've only got one. Actually, oh. <laughs> it's my brother-in-law, Nemesis Thrupp, who, unfortunately, is not able to honour us with his presence today as he's been remanded for a medical examination. <laughs> To, uh, to sum up, if I may interrupt. Sum up, yes. yes. Your yes. sect believes in poverty, abstinence and good works. Yes, that is the nub and the gist of the whole brouhaha in a nutshell. And so we must be away now at the flesh pots of the great metropolis, spreading the word to whomsoever will heed us. Spreading yes. the word, you say? Yes, Mr Horn, and the word is Rumpelstiltskin. That's it, Rumpelstiltskin. Rumpel what the is the mystical significance of that? Nothing, no, it's name of horse running in the 3.30 at York. <laughs> Come on, Sister Buttercup, gird up your loins. <laughs> now, to present Kenneth Horne, the man whose last performance was nominated for the Golden Palm at the Cannes Film Festival. Kenneth Horne, Special Agent. Brian Horrocks. I'm speaking to you from New York. My secretary, Miss Golightly, and I have been at you know all day. <laughs> now, look here, it's, it's terribly urgent. Can you get out here quickly? It'll take some time. Oh, that's all right. We'll probably be going on till the small hours. <laughs> the Security Council are very worried. Now, look here, Horn. What do you know about a man who calls himself Professor Cornposter? Corn posture. Oh, well, he's the world's leading expert on ballistic missiles. He won last year's Nobel Prize for Physics, and he's head of the science department at Yale. Um, why this interest, sir? Well, he asked me to lend him five shillings. Oh. <laughs> All right, now take the next flight from London Airport and report to me at the UNO building in New York. So, pausing only to throw my baggage into the car and drive her home to her mother... <laughs>
Ah, oh, Horn. Ah, Brown Horrocks. We've got some photographs here that are worrying us a bit. Here, have a look through right. them. <laughs> oh, good heavens, surely Miss Golightly could catch a cold doing that. <laughs> oh, show me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong photos. <laughs> These were taken on the MI5 outing to South End. <laughs> Uh, these are the ones I wanted you to look at. Aerial photos of Haiti. What do you make of these? Well, looks like giant empty milk bottles about 200 feet tall, I'd say. What do you think they're being used for? Uh, surely it's obvious. Firing giant rockets. Oh. We've had, uh, <laughs> had two experts studying these photographs. Chap from ballistics and a milkman. <laughs> and they both agree. Secret rocket installations. And notice this small figure in the photograph here, yeah. standing beside one of the bottles. Good heavens, I'd recognise that inscrutable oriental face anywhere. Isn't it... Gladys Lustgirdle? No. <laughs> Dr. Tuen Ginsberg. Get out there and find out what's going on and stop it. And with that, Brown Horrocks crossed his legs, dotted his eyes, folded his arms along the perforated line and put them in a stamped addressed envelope. <laughs> the interview was over. I knew what I had to do. Two days later, I was splashing happily in Haiti. The air came rushing back to my lungs as I surfaced. I removed my snorkel and flippers and lay back in the water, letting the gentle waves lap around my body. Suddenly, the dusky head of a native surfaced near mine. Clenched in his teeth was a glittering knife. One question was uppermost in my mind. What was he doing in my bath? <laughs> He spoke. Pass along the bath, man. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing here? I'm a sponge diver. Well, you won't find any in my bath. I used a flannel. Why don't you try the sea? I'm not going in there, man. I can't swim. I had a sixth sense. Call it what you will. But somehow I felt his story didn't quite add up. Suddenly, he came for me, his knife flashing. We grappled. Yes, sir. <laughs> and then... With one last despairing lunge, I managed to pull out the plug. <laughs> that had been too close for comfort. After all, it was only a hip bath. But someone... Someone was trying to get rid of me. Who? I leapt out of the bath and hurried to a waterfront bar I knew. hurried back and put some clothes on. <laughs> Ten minutes later, I lounged against the bar, sipping a planter's punch. A planter next to me was sipping mine. <laughs> I needed a smoke. I pulled out my pig iron cigarette case and pulled out a filter-tip pig specially rolled for me by the little pork butcher in German Street. I puffed at it reflectively, then suddenly I felt something hard in the small of my back. I turned and found myself staring down the small blue muzzle of a small blue dog. <laughs> it bit me in the ankle and scampered off. I followed it. Soon I came to a small clearing in the jungle, and there stood a rude hut. Outside squatted a native carving a rude figure. I spoke to him. He made a rude gesture in the direction of the hut. <laughs> and I knocked on the door. Come in. Ah! Ah, Mr. Horn. Ah, true. Well... discovered my plan I'm I'm not saying this absolute rubbish 
a man with my training and background. I'm a dramatic actor. Oh, yes. I want a part with some body in it. Once more, unto the breach, dear friends. You see. Once more, close the wall up with our English dead. Dead, you see. That's what I want. I've been trained for it. I want to wear tights. <laughs> I've got the legs for it. I have the legs. I've got good, firm calves, I have. Go on. Have a feel of my calves. No, thanks. I'd sooner not, if you don't mind. Look, we're getting behind. That's all you want me for, getting cheap laughs. I'm an artiste. I'm not lowering myself. Come on, I'm... Ken, this is embarrassing. Embarrassing? It's me that's embarrassed. It's all right for you. You get good meaty parts with a bit of class in them. Oh, you would do. you mind? Yes, you and you, Paddock. You keep well in with Kenneth Orne, don't you? Don't yes, you do. You totally do. I do Any part with a bit of culture, you Stop get it. it. I've an old bank, I have, just because no. I'm a grammar school boy. Oh. I've... <laughs> I fought my way up from the gutter. I could have been a star. Somebody. Somebody talk to him. Burn a feather under his nose or something. I'll, I'll do the part, Ken, if you like. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take it. Honestly, I will. I don't mind. Yeah. I'll take a good Japanese and I, I could do it. Honestly, I could. Let me do it, Miss Horn. Get rid of him. He doesn't like you. He's never liked you. I'll do the part. Come yes, on. you would, wouldn't you? You would. Yes. Yes, you'd do anything to get a bit of attention, you would. That's it, you see. You all hate me. I've never been loved in this show. I've never been loved. No. I've not been loved. Nobody loves of me. Of course we do. No, you don't. Yes, we all do. <laughs> we all do. Well, say it then. We, we all, all love you. you. Uh, Eddie Braden didn't say it. Make him say it. <laughs> Edwin, Edwin. Oh, please, well, please. I love you. <laughs> there wasn't any real warmth in it. <laughs> uh, great airy hypocrite. <laughs> what about the producer? Look at him up there in that control box. Look at him glowering at me. Make him say it. John, would you mind? Oh, all right. I love you. The whole BBC loves you. Now, will you get on with the show? Please. Please. That's better. Ah, so, Mr. Hunt. <laughs> you have discovered my plan, namely to send up giant rockets filled with 300 tons of cold porridge, which... <laughs> which I shall then explode all over the world. But why, why? What else can you do with 300 tons of coal? <laughs> You'll never get away with it. Take that. Aha! And that. Aha! And that. Uh, no, thanks. I've already got two of those. <laughs> all right. All right, Mr. Hahn. Yes, you win. But you haven't heard the last of Dr. Chu N. Ginsburg, M.A. Failed. Goodbye! <laughs> Now, it's the Fraser Hayes Hall. Holding hands at midnight Neat the starry sky Nice work if you can get it And you can get it if you try Ooh, Strolling with the one girl Sighing sigh after sigh Nice work if you can get it And you can get it Try. Just imagine someone waiting at the cottage door Where two hearts become one Could ask for anything 
anything more. Loving one who loves you and then taking that vow. I do. Nice work if you can get it. And if you get it, won't you tell me how? Holding hands at midnight beneath the starry sky. Strolling with the one girl. Now, trends. This is the part of the show for the young swingers, as opposed to people of my generation who just let their braces dangle. <laughs> now, first, trends in society. What are the top people up to? Well, here to give us the inside gossip is ace society columnist... Jocelyn Pettibone. Well, this is all very hush-hush and off the cuff, you understand, but it's the talk of smart circles, the dem of the uh, Henrietta siblings... <laughs> ..over four feet long. <laughs> well, of course, the groom was livid and... <laughs> ..round her ankles. <laughs> With the Duke of Stalybreath, his stable boy, and... Uh, so, of course, they had to scratch it. Yes. <laughs> oh, very exciting. Well, of course, they denied it. Really? <laughs> yes, well, I must be away now, as I promised the Duchess of Moat that I would... <laughs> ..in the hothouse at Kew. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank you, Jocelyn Pettiburn, for giving us that glimpse of the life of the upper set. And give the, give the Duchess, will you, my warmest... <laughs> ..own natural surroundings. Thank you. <laughs> Now, and now trends in the theatre. The plays of the 30s are still being revived. Here is an excerpt from the poignant third act of Bitter Laughter, starring Dame Celia Molestrangler and Binky Huckerback. Oh, you startled me coming through the window like that. I had to come. Oh, darling, darling Fiona. Oh. oh, are you? Are you glad, Charles? About us, I mean. Glad? Yes, Fiona. Enchantedly, heart-quenchingly, <laughs> luxuriously, voluptuously glad, and yet somehow sorry. <laughs> About us, I mean. And you, Fiona, are you sorry? Grief-riddenly, wretchedly, hand-wringingly, utterly, utterly sorry. And yet, somehow, glad. 
I know. I know you know. I know you know. I know. Yes, I know. Oh, darling Fiona, how I hate having to meet you like this. Secretly, furtively, lurkingly, clandestinely, for a few snatched, sweet, sad, madcap, heart-twitteringly, rib-thumpingly, bewitching moments of blissful pain. Oh, painful bliss. How true. How terribly, terribly true. And yet, how false. How true. Oh, what's the use, Fiona? These trite, meaningless, empty, vacuous, pointless phrases can't convey what I feel in my heart. I sensed that. I sensed you sensed it. I sensed you sensed I sensed it. Yes, I sensed it. I know. I know you know. I know you know. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the marvellous thing about us. We don't need words. No. <laughs> I must go now, darling. Goodbye. And shall I, shall I see you again? Answer, yes, Charles. For pity's sake, answer, yes. Yes. When I come to clean the windows again. A tremendous tour de overacting that was. <laughs> and now trends in music. The time once again to welcome that picturesque, homespun, folksy twit, <laughs> rambling Sid Rumpo. Hi, Mary Down, crumple diddle I do, and other colourful affectations. Well, me dearie oh, in the past week I've been a frolicking around, uh, listening to the simple country folk a warbling their colourful ditties and a cleaning them up for getting them past the censor oh. <laughs> Chirrup, chirrup, poor Tom's gone away, oh. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Now, um, what are you going to sing for us this week, Rambling uh, said? Tis a grummet tinker song from the bogs of old Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sung by the itinerant peddlers of their parts as they lurk in the peat bogs, tinkering their grummets. <laughs> I suppose they don't have television. Tis a courting song sung by a young tinker to his lighter love as he plights his truth. He sings to her, If you will give me all your love, then I shall give to thee jewels and perfumes and a ribbon for your hair and an old pair of boots what belong to my granny. <laughs> they'll need resoling, but they'll do your treat for getting in the cold. <laughs> But as he goes, he sings this song. <clears throat> Sing Turlie for the tinker's life from Cork to Old Tralio. For I will give thee pots and pans if you'll come a tinkerin' with me, ho. <laughs> with a tumble-down tick and a rooney o' day, sing trossop a trossop a fall dear old Ido. And I'll treadle my crumple for many a day if I don't get a stitch in my side-o. <laughs> Side-o, side-o, if I don't get a stitch in me side-o. 
And thank you, Rambling Sid. Now, last week a maiden aunt wrote to me to say she was coming to London on a visit and would I get her a couple of seats for something in the West End. So I went along to a new ticket agency that's just opened in Chelsea. Boner Seats. <laughs> and I popped in to see what they had. Hello, anybody there? Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. <laughs> You want the bonus seats? We have them. <laughs> and what can I do for you? Well, I want of you get me a couple of tickets for the West End show. How about Little Me? Yes, how about Little You? <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm just walking here and just demand seats for a show. Can you, Julie? Of course he can't. I mean, no. we're booked out. Look, I've got crosses all over me seating plan. <laughs> well, here's some that are not marked. Well, now, yeah. can't I have that one? Yes, if you don't mind playing the bassoon in the orchestra. <laughs> well, what have you got? Oh, I'll bet as you like it in the open air. <laughs> <laughs> or you've got your old bit. Henry V and Vi. <laughs> V and Vi. Let's have a look. That's Henry the Sixth. Oh, I told you, Joe. <laughs> anyway, when we saw it, we wondered which one was Vi. There you are. <laughs> of course, we might be able to fit you in for Amelie. He don't want that. Don't he? Of course he don't. What about an opera, then? Yeah. Do you, <laughs> Do you think he'd enjoy Cozy Van Tutti? Mozart. Please yourself. We only fix the seats. <laughs> Anyway, that'd be too eyebrow for you. Be over your head. I've got it. He's got it. He's got it. I've got the very thing. He's got the very thing. Drama, movement, and the best acting in London. Well, it sounds wonderful. What is it? All in wrestling. See you next week with the last of the present series. Till then, cheerio. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman and produced by John Simmons. <laughs> <laughs>